0: all right what's up guys welcome back to another episode of the living the dream podcast today on the show we have elaine dumonso who is the purposeful action mentor for the awakened man movement elaine how you doing really good
1: how are you doing today tim
0: i'm doing fantastic man thanks so much for asking and we'd like to jump right in so if you could start with Thank telling you. us a little bit more about yourself and what you'd like to do for fun that'd be great
1: absolutely geez you know i'm uh you know I've, my whole career I've spent in hospitality I always loved being uh, working in kitchens and restaurants and so I think that just came from years and years of uh, watching it cooking shows on tv and you know I'm in my mid-50s so it's long before it was food tv was popular and all that but you know when I what I do now today from a profession uh, what I still enjoy doing and, and having lots of fun is having people over and hosting them in my home and cooking for them and preparing meals, it's always great to see put smiles on people's faces and see them enjoying a good time when uh, with all that effort that you're putting in.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And is that what you do for fun? Or is it also part of a business slash profession that you run slash do every day?
1: yeah i am I'm more today more uh, my day job is more about managing managing larger operations. so I don't get a chance to do what I truly love and passion, which is you know actually cooking and that and and being a chef. and so I get to take that take the business part out of it and really do it more for enjoyment and and then pleasure and so i I like the the idea of having the having people over as a matter of fact having some folks over this evening and looking really looking forward to preparing. Uh, outstanding meal and you know have a few have a few drinks a few laughs and you know we'll see how the evening goes
0: there we go sounds like it'll be fun what is your favorite thing to cook
1: you know i really enjoy cooking seafood so i i live and grow up i've grown up and i live in the middle of the prairies here so i'm in winnipeg manitoba canada so it's saying for a prairie boy that maybe you would be more something more like you know pork or beef and chicken but i really enjoyed working with seafood uh, salmon we get some beautiful salmon out of british columbia canada up here and it's just phenomenal i love cooking with uh, with that arctic char our the home my home province has some great arctic char which is just a phenomenal fish and so uh, yeah i really enjoy cooking that
0: there we go there we go Well, tell us a bit more about the awakened man movement
1: yeah, absolutely. So I started the Awakened Man Movement a few years ago when uh, when my my marriage is was on the brink, of being uh, getting divorced. we were, things were not going well. There was uh, infidelity happening in the in the marriage, and we needed to really get back to figure out you know what it is that was what we wanted as a as a couple. And and so it really forced me to look at how I was showing up as a husband, and uh, honestly, I wasn't showing up very well. And which is interesting because. Thirty years earlier, I had married my I had been married to my high school sweetheart, and that and that marriage fell apart. And because I was so so career and goal oriented, and I thought I had learned some lessons along the way, but it was obvious that I hadn't. So that was the first piece. The second piece that happened in a really short period of time after that is that my father in law uh, passed away, and uh, he was so him and I were so close. I was the the son he never had, and so we know we'd go on road trips and that together. And when And then when we lost him, I just had nowhere to turn. I had all these things that were falling down around me and there was just nowhere to go. And, you know, I tried, I went down the road of grief counseling and doing some other work, but, you know, there's just something about being able to to share your thoughts and, and what's going on with you with other men. And there just wasn't that avenue for people. And so I decided to fill that void and to give an opportunity for men to come in and be in a safe space where it's free of shame, blame, and judgment, and they get an opportunity to really work on the things that are truly important to them. They may not be able to share with their spouses and their partners and, and they really close friends. It's interesting how we can do that in amongst strangers. Um, but that's really the work about that's what the work is it's really about helping men get centered with who they are as, as uh, in their masculine essence and who they are as men, get them back on track to accomplishing the life that they've always dreamed of and, uh, and really helping them get back and raise to the level of fathers, husbands, and entrepreneurs.
0: I got you, man. I love that. And so sounds like you hinted at your motivation there a little bit. It's linked to, you know, some stuff that happened in your past and then helping people kind of avoid that or get through it if they're going through it. But if you had to sum up what gets you up and keeps you going every day, what would that be? Yeah
1: you know, it gets me up every morning is knowing that, uh, there's an opportunity for me to change one person's life. I just think it's so important that, uh, it really, uh, it know it, my heart aches when I see men struggling and, and because I can totally empathize and relate with being there. And so every day I get up knowing there, here's an opportunity for me. If I show up with the right mindset, if I show up with the right heart set that if anybody that I encounter, there's opportunity for me to help guide them from the darkest parts of their, of their moments of their lives. And and that's really what drives me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well, tell us a little bit about why you think, you know, we're so quick to be able to get in a room of strangers when the environment is set up right and share intimate details about our life. But sometimes it's hard to talk to our closest friends and family.
1: Yeah, that's a great question, Tim. I think the what I've recognized in the, in doing this work is that, and especially even for myself, is that we talk about there's five different levels of uh, of intimacy, right? And what they are is that when we have when we talk about int- intimacy, it's really about how we're will how we're st- stepping in and sharing. So the first level, a base level, is being having safe communications, and these are the types of communications you'll have with with people that you may not know, so you may not be totally open, but you'll start there. Then what happens is that as you get more comfortable you'll start to talk talk, have conversations where you're participating, but you're really talking about what other people are saying and other people's beliefs. And so we're just not ready to, to open up. And that also will happen if you've had some trauma within your relationships. And so we're nervous about as men that if we re- reveal too much ourselves to who, we, who are close friends or family, they may think that they may have this different pers- perspective of who we are. And so, when you were getting involved with with uh, in uh, in a group where there's there's nothing really at stake, I don't really know these people, I can I can then move into this third level, and this third level is I can start to share my own personal beliefs and opinions about things, and that's really where you start to see people open up about stuff, and and that happens with some with in some friends and peers groups. But generally speaking, we're still not a lot or we're still not revealing everything about who we are. We want to protect ourselves a little bit. And then the next level, that fourth, that fourth stage is really about we start to start really start to share my feelings and my uh, and my beliefs about stuff. And when we really get in there and start doing that, now we're starting to open up our hearts and we're willing to put it out on the on the table. And if you've been in re- in, in any type of relationships in the past and had your heart broken can be really hard for men to be able to get to that stage. And so we'll protect ourselves by not necessarily necessarily revealing. But the work that we do and the the work that we're, we're focused on is helping men get to this last level. And this last level is really getting them to be able to share about their needs, their emotions, and their desires. And when we can get men to raise that and get to that point and have that kind of comfort, especially with close family and friends then we can start to see the the relationships transform from being transactional to being much more intimate, much more personal. And so I find that when working with men's group because there isn't really anything on the table for them and that doesn't mean that guys come in and there's you know they're willing to bear their soul at the start the start of uh, you know meeting in strangers, but it does give them the opportunity when they see that being modeled, that they' that they know that it's safe. And we don't always have that feeling when it comes from friends and family because fear of being judged. And that's why I started off by saying our, the movement's really about giving a container, a space for men to be able to share the deepest parts of themselves free of shame, blame, and judgment.
0: I love that. I love how when you model it, people actually understand and know that it is a safe space. Cause you can say it's a safe space all you want, but if it's not modeled people, some people will believe you, but most won't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm also curious, you said the the end goal is sharing about their needs, emotions, and desires with close family and friends. So then it's taking that vulnerability outside of the group and mm-hmm. taking it to people that you love, um, care about, and live daily life with. The question there is, we're not sharing those needs, emotions, and desires right now because we don't feel safe. And so mm-hmm. is there a circumstance where it is just not safe, or is it always an individual that needs to kind of be more comfortable with being vulnerable? Are you, are you picking up what I'm putting down? Like is the environment actually not safe enough to share these things or is it always an individual growth point that is needed to get to the point where you can be vulnerable again? Or is it a bit of both?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I I think there, there are going to be times where the, where it's going to be extremely toxic and the relationship is extremely toxic. And depending on, 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 the kind of man that you are, um, and you know, some guys may not be well, may not be happy when I'm going to say this, but the reality is, is that some of us are just so used to it. right now. We're we're just getting ready to to launch into our next month's talk is about dealing with the four horsemen of uh, of men's lives, and that's the all based on Moore and Gillette's work and King, Warrior, Magician, Lover, and when we realize that we're working from boy psychology you know, we're still we're still have all this fear for us, then it's probably not the best. And you're in a toxic relationship, whether that be a work environment relationship or a personal in, in relationship, the The choice may be to to instead is to be able to leave, is to leave that relationship. Now, we don't profess to try to break up for relationships and families. But if that's truly the place position that you're at in life and it's that toxic that you just need to get out, then that's. Most likely going to be the best decision. If you're if you've been able to mature a little bit more and you have a better control and understanding of who you are as a man, even in those situations, you can still step forward and you can still start to own your 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 place in it. And how we do that is by really helping guys understand how to set ba- healthy boundaries, putting putting pl- places in in place, uh, so that they the people that we're interacting with understand what the limits are of what you're willing to accept what you're not accept. Now, this isn't about us giving the giving ourselves the opportunity to be, to be, to be difficult and to be uh, assholes. It's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you're truly in a position where you're not able to express yourself, then you need to be able to define what the playing field looks like and what you're willing to accept for behavior and not accept. And that also means that you need to be able to model that as well. And so there's a there's a continuum that goes through, but if you're truly stuck into that boy mentality and uh, and you haven't matured enough, then you're going to struggle in those relationships. So the work you're going to need to do is for sure is going to be on yourself, but it's probably not going to be working well in that relationship because they you've trained them that this is who you are. And as you start to change, you may not have the intestinal fortitude to go through the muck that you're going to have to go through. And that's some of the work that we can help guys to through, but it's really a, it's really about a mental state of where mm-hmm. they're at. And so we always advocate that there's different ways to pr- go at it. And it, ne- it really depends on the mental state and where they're at. And are they able to able to take that next step? And it may take a while before they're ready to, to do that.
0: I like what you said about having the intestinal fortitude to go through the muck you might have to get through. Cause it's not to say that like, relationships that are toxic are toxic for a reason. It's not like there are just some inherently toxic relationships and then some inherently good relationships. It's like certain inputs lead to certain outputs. And so you've trained them one way, they've trained you one way. And now there's just a toxic dynamic there. It's not to say that dynamic can't be redeemed, but the stuff you would have to go through, you know, we're human. So some people just aren't willing to go through that. And that's okay. Um,
1: yeah, absolutely. And the other thing I reckon you know, the other thing, you know, just to you know put a bow on this piece is that you have to recognize as well that even if you leave that, and these are the conversations we would have with with men, is that if even if you're considering that, well, I'm thinking I'm gonna leave that relationship, the question I would ask them to is ask them is okay, in your next relationship, what's going to be the same? What's gonna what's gonna be the same thing that's going in that new relationship? And most of the time I get a head scratch, they can't, they don't recognize it when I say, Well, you're gonna be the same.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
1: if you're just how often have you moved through relationships and you haven't changed and you haven't grown. So ultimately at some stage you have to recognize and look in the mirror and say, Hey, it's my, what's my part in this? And how can I, what do I need to do to own? What what do I have to own? How do I have to have to change in order to, to show up differently? And when we come from that perspective and we take responsibility for where we are, for who we are and what we aspire to become, then life changes for us because now we're no longer saying, "Well, it's their fault or it's somebody, else, it's something else's fault." I am, I'm owning my piece of it, and that's really when you get to that perspective. You know, that's where we can reclaim reclaim so much of our power.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, and especially because it takes two for any dynamic to continue. So, the second you change yourself, the dynamic, in and of itself, will not be the same. Like it's going to have to change. They're either going to have to respond and, you know, adjust to your change, or you're just going to naturally kind of split apart until the arguing and everything just doesn't exist anymore, necessarily, or whatever is. Kind of making that relationship toxic. Yeah,
1: and it's going to be messy, right? Then that when you start to make that change, it's going to be messy. It's not going to look. It's not going to look great. It's not not going to feel great. I know as as my wife and I were going through our challenges, right? And I started to set boundaries. Start to to try to explain what I was willing to accept and not accept. You know, I didn't. It didn't come off very well for at first for me, right? And so it really sent triggers for my wife. And so when I was able to recognize that okay, well now, how am I triggering this event for her that then we could have that conversation about, about what's going on. And so you can start to shape and frame the conversations that you're having. Right. And, and so one of the things that, that we do even to this day is, you know, we'll say, listen, I have something to say. It may not come out exactly the way I'd like it to, but this is what I, this is what's on my, it's on my heart. And so, and then, and then I just share and sometimes it comes out and it's beautifully done. And other times It needed a little bit more work, yeah. And uh, but we're we know that we're we both understand today that we're we're coming from a place of uh, of love and respect, and that uh, and that we can at least move forward those times. So it's going to be messy, and and that's okay. That's you know I don't know anybody that was great at doing anything the first time they started it. So you just got to be willing to be get that's I mean get in the mud, get a little messy. Things are going to work out. They will ultimately they'll work out
0: for sure. Awesome. Let's go ahead and jump into your dreams and goals. What's your vision for the Awakened Man movement and your life?
1: Absolutely. So the vision for the Awakened Man movement is to is to change 100,000 100, lives here, men's lives. And then changing 100,000 men's lives, then what will happen is we're going to change communities, millions of communities, and ultimately we're going to change the course of, of the world. And really it's about reshaping the idea of what masculinity looks like. The, the old model of the patriarch, which has been totally taken the worst aspects of masculinity and really bringing in the other parts of us. And so instead of being totally aggressive as has as society's societies portrayed, what masculinity is all about is about being assertive. It's a different way of coming. In. It's about inviting conversations. It's about standing our, it's about standing strong in our, in our beliefs the values and desires, but also in, with an invitation. And so ultimately that's the goal is to, is to change hundreds of thousands of lives. And then for for me personally, the the goal is to continue to evolve and model what the next iteration of Alan looks like. And as long as I continue to do that, that gives gives permission for others to grow and change as well.
0: Oh my gosh, your name is Alan, not Elaine. Hey, that's all great, brother. (laughs) (laughs) I am so sorry. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know it's a french pronounce it's a french pronunciation and uh and it's fine you know you're actually pretty close pronouncing it uh uh, uh with a with a french uh accent so it's pretty close my friend
0: gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well wow. okay so continue to change and model uh the next version of alan yourself yeah <laughs> And then change a hundred thousand men's lives. And then that goes to changing millions of communities, which ultimately will end up changing the world and just reshaping the narrative around masculinity. Correct. I gotcha. I gotcha. Any other dreams and goals that you want to chat about?
1: Yeah, you know what, I'd really like to, you know, other dreams for me is that I uh, really have a strained relationship with my eldest son. He struggles with making healthy decisions around drugs and alcohol and uh, continues to struggle with in and out of uh, incarceration. And so, you know, my dr- a dream for me would be able to, for us to rebuild a relationship that's been strained since he's been five years old and to re- and be able to uh, truly be able to hold him again and have him know that even though today he doesn't necessarily believe uh, the depth of my love for him, that he knows that he's always been loved and cared for. And that, that doesn't mean I always need to agree with everything that he does. And so, uh, you know, hopefully there's that opportunity that we can be able to rebuild that sometime in our lives together while we're on, on this, uh, on this big ball of mud and, uh, and that would be really great. And that's probably the the biggest, uh, the biggest one for me, uh, from a, from a personal perspective and, and other than that, I my other son is uh we have a, I have two sons and the other he's uh he's doing really well and I really enjoy the time we spend together and so for me it, rebuilding and creating family network and and helping grow that for them as they get uh, as they get a little older now they're just each getting going to be getting into their thirties and you know and starting families of their own and being able to be that that get to play the role of grandpa so I'm really looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, yeah. What do you think it'll take to rebuild that relationship with your eldest son
1: yeah it's a great question i think it's going to take more patience from my end i think it's going to take more work in helping to for me to understand the struggles that he's going through to uh, use use better language when we do get an opportunity to uh to converse uh you know there's most of this stuff is really on, on my part about how i want to show up um but also on on his end is you know, hoping that he gets that uh, opportunity that he can see the other ass, the other side of, uh, of the coin, which is that the times that we we have to say no when asking for money and, and needing things, knowing it's going to a, to a bad place that, uh, that it's not done out of, uh, out of anything to be harmful or malicious to him, but it, it's out of, uh, out of intent. And so I think those are the, those are the things that need to happen. And, uh, stay in communication with him as as best that uh, as best that I can the uh, communication lines works both ways right so as long as he's willing to pick up the phone uh, when yeah. I call then uh, you know then I think there's always opportunity to for us forget for that relationship to be rebuilt.
0: yeah absolutely. are you guys close to each other like uh distance wise?
1: yeah actually yeah we are he's uh, unfortunately he's incarcerated right now fortunately and unfortunately at least it's somewhat of a safer place than living on the streets Uh, you know it's kind of a Mm -hmm. catch-22 and so yeah he's uh, two hours away and uh, so it's not far
0: I have a very similar situation with my little brother Mm -hmm. he's been kind of in and out of jail on and off of drugs maybe has some mental health issues yeah um and it's just it's just rough and i guess my question to you is one of the things i've noticed for me is just a lack of consistency in his life but mm-hmm. it's also because it's a lack of like him both welcoming me and then me just showing up then i'm like well if i showed up and i showed up the right way in a way where he is able to receive it he would allow me to show up consistently in his life. Mm -hmm. But I think part of that has just been, uh, I'm also building my own life, like fairly young, just got married, all that good stuff. Right Uh, on. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, Um, it's a great, uh, it's a, it's a struggle, uh, Tim. And because, you know, while the work is on our part, I get, I always come back to, you know, what's ours to own. Right. And, and ours to own is to, is to be there. And so, even though there'll be times and we're going through a spell right now, a season where he just doesn't want to communicate with me, yeah. but that doesn't mean when the phone rings and I recognize the number that I'm going to not talk to him. Right. And that might, and that would have been the, the old Alan. I would have done that years ago. Right. Like he's, like I said, he's just getting to be 30. He's been struggling with this since he was 15. And so there was a time, you know, in the early days where, yeah, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't as receptive because I thought the tough love uh, aspect was going to be uh, and really harsh, tough love, not, not coming from a heart centered place. Didn't help him at all. Right. It just, what it did, just created more of a wedge. And so it's just about being open and and being available. Then they need to do their part too. They need to be willing. And so that's the, you know, those are the, that's the kind of conversation to have, not always wanting to, to hear it, but it's about how it's, the message is delivered. Yeah. And uh, just being available for them. Ultimately, they make their they'll make the they'll make the choice one way or another.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Last question, then we'll kind of move through the rest of the questions of the podcast. Yeah. What radical act of love do you think you could consistently do that he would eventually open up to receiving in his life? Because I know you guys aren't necessarily on kind of points of communication right now, but is there something? separate from the whole situation of him like being stuck in drugs alcohol being incarcerated just a radical act of love that you could do consistently that might start to open up his heart I'm, I'm trying to think of one for my brother and i just can't so <laughs> i'm asking you yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah what a great question geez um you know there's a season right now we just said but i said there's a season right now where you know he's not uh he's not calling he's and but on the other side of that coin neither am i and i think that and because he, he just went through a real tough moment, um, that ra- for me, that radical piece would be to, cause I know where he is, is to, uh, go see him and pick up the phone and call him yeah. and uh, just talk to him, um, and have a, and have a truly deep conversation about, again, about what, uh, you know, what my values are how I want to be able to support him, what I, what I'm willing to, what I'm willing to do and not do. And, uh, you know, and really that boils down to for the not do is just, it's just about giving him money until he's getting help. And that sounds transactional, but we're dealing with a, with a situation in life where I'll always pick up the phone and I'll always answer and I'll be there. Um, but there do, there does need to be some, some other side, that other side of the coin. And that's, that's really what the boundary piece is. And so right now, the radical, most radical thing to do is that I'm pretty sure he feels that he's totally abandoned and it would be for me to call him and just to, uh, and just to open that door and let him know that that's not the case.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Sounds good. Well, any other dreams or goals that you want? To... Thanks for sharing that, by the way. I really appreciate that. Um, any, other, no any other dreams or goals that you want to chat about before we move on? <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, those are the that's really the top things on my mind now. The for dreams and goals, I used to have uh, have lots of lots of them, but as I'm uh, as I'm getting a little bit older now, that I'm really focused on on those uh, those things that means the most. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. What are the top one two skills that you need to develop? One to two skills that you need to develop right now to make some of these dreams and goals come true. <laughs>
1: That's great. Uh, great question. I think the first skill I need to develop is uh, just getting better at uh, getting better at putting myself out there and talking to people. So I really like to get uh, I have my own podcast podcast that I host. And it's interesting when you're the interviewer, how much for me anyways, how much comfort of more comfortable it is to be on that side of the microphone. Yeah. So to be on this side and being the being the interviewee is uh, stuff I need to do more. And so I need to really build this this skill get better at uh, get get better at, at this aspect of it. So I also get better at going out and sharing a, sharing my story. I know recognize that the few times that I do go out and uh, and I am talking about it, that some of the the stories tend to sound too similar. And so I got to work on driving some more interest in in that. And so I think that's the one skill for sure is to get out there. And the other one is whenever you're building any business really got to get good at marketing and really understanding and honing in on who that who that avatar is. And so while I'm dealing and helping with helping men, um, it's still pretty broad and they're still refining that work today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are some ways you think you could narrow down that ideal target avatar or have you narrowed down that ideal target avatar? Cause men, you know, there's like 3.5 billion of us or something like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that, uh, that's really key for me is is about men that have gone through a significant emotional event. So it's something that's, that's really changing forcing them to look in the mirror. And so that usually ends up ends up by happening in a few different ways. One, it's a, it's a, it, they're either at a career that's totally stagnated stagnated or they're, they're in a career transition moment in their life Two, their relationship. Most likely a, ra- a marriage or a long-term relationship is on the brink of, uh, of divorce, you know, and three, their their own personal goals dreams and aspirations they wake up one day they're in their whatever age group t- 20s 30s 40s probably not so much in the 20s I don't they I have some 20s 20 uh, somethings but mostly it's mid 30s to 55 to ish um, and we recognize that all the things I thought I wanted to do as a teenager and in my early 20s what happened to my life and it's just gone by because we've taken things so much for granted we've just we've whittled away time. And so now we're at this stage in our lives where significance is starting to to creep in. We're starting to think about, you know, I'm, how am I going to work? If I get, go keep going like this, I'm going to have to work into my seventies or eighties. And so it's really about helping them reshape, reimagine who they are as men and what the next five to 10 years is going to look like. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I got you. So. Emotionally traumatic event, typically around divorce. Is that is that right?
1: Yeah, it can be around divorce. The relationship hasn't, might not be at that stage yet. Uh, I can tell you, most of the guys that come through, come to me now, are are generally coming because they've had a, they're they're in relationship trauma, they're on the brink of divorce, uh, they're on the verge of uh, getting separated. Some of them are actually in that stage today. And, uh, and they just don't know what to do. They, they see that the relationship and the damage they've done for this particular relationship may be irreparable. And so they're trying to figure out, you know, where does that leave them? So much of their, of our identities are wrapped up into those three things. That's why I, I really focus on, on career uh, relationship and, and ourselves that we have ideas of who we are based on, on these things, you know, that, uh, and when, when those things start to change uh, and that's where we put all this energy, then it's hard for us to see the other aspects of that we bring to the table. And so really uh, it's about in that mode, that that transition piece, that place when they can't see the forest for the trees, that they really need someone to guide them out or guide them through it. And the pro- that's the, the really the program is. And so I have two different versions of it. One's a group mentorship. That's our band of brothers. We get together on a monthly basis, and that's an opportunity for them to share and work with other men and hear similar stories and hear how they're coping and dealing with things. And, and then I bring lessons that help drive different aspects to have them poke at them to think differently about different areas. And then, then I have a one-on-one mentorship group program where they get to spend really dive deep on a particular aspect of their life, uh, a pillar uh, that they can focus on and that can help them lift, lift the standards they're showing up. And it's, well, it's a lot more intense for them because uh, there's a lot more accountability in that piece. Cause there'll be, there's regular check-ins over the course of 90 days. And so there's different ways for them to, to be able to plug in and work through their, their, uh, their moments.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I love it. Well, oh, cool. So, men typically thirty-five to fifty-five, but you know, can be on the younger side that are going through some sort of relationship trauma, are either on the brink of divorce, are currently going through the process. That's right. Okay, that's a lot more specific than the, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the men we were going with before. Yeah. Um,
1: you know, it's an interesting. That's not where it started, but uh, you know what? That's where it ultimately ends up by being. I think it's truly one of the most important relationships we have in our lives right we have significant you're newly you're, you're newly married you said and you know man that's uh you know all the things that can you know, go, go that can go wrong will go wrong get married start a job start a career a business like you're doing and now have kids yeah lots of stuff's going to go on brother <laughs> yeah <laughs> going to show up uh, to show up in lots of different ways
0: yeah for sure for sure well, awesome. What are the highest impact daily actions you can do to tick the needle forward towards your dreams and goals?
1: Yeah, is to take uh, take a step, one step of uh, moving yourself forward on a particular target that you're looking that you're looking to, to achieve. So, one of the things for me right now is I was talking earlier about getting in front of other people, and so I use uh, we all both use a similar platform to to reach out to folks, and so every day I spend time looking at who are the matches for me, where, what are some podcasts that I could be on to help spread the message and then to reach out and do that. And so I, that's the one task that I do. And I think it's, it really comes down to being specific enough about one goal. And and so when we can take our life and break it down into, or that ultimate goal, break it down to what are the steps before each of the next step, then we can go, okay, what's the first thing I do? And so that's one of the things I focus on right now is truly is going through the uh, different way, different uh, avenues of finding podcasts that I could be on that makes sense for the topic, uh, for my topic. And then to get out there and, and reach out and, and speak with folks.
0: Mm, gotcha, gotcha. Reaching out to people on PodMatch. Nice. And what character trait do you most need to develop right now? to make that dream life come true.
1: Yeah, I think believe it or not, it's still, there's still some confidence character that needs to be built in there. And the challenge with that, with the, with that is that, uh, well, like I said, it seems to be all right when you're the facilitator and uh, and you're the interviewer, but when, uh, when you're, when the spotlight's on you, you really get an opportunity to see the vault, your own vulnerabilities. And so again, I go back to this modeling piece and wanting to be able to express the challenges that we all face like the work that we do is not a it's not a guru program I don't believe in in following uh, gurus there's lots of mentors mentors are a different thing and I think it's really important for us to become our own guru to really understand who we are and so that's really ultimately comes down to being able to understand where you're stat where you're coming from and then be able to step into that vulnerability and so for me it's it's truly about being on that other the other I'll call it the other side of the microphone
0: yeah yeah there we go and so hmm, if you had the the confidence that you're lacking or you think you're lacking how would you show up differently
1: yeah that's a great question you know um how would i show up differently
0: would it just Uh, feel different or would it yeah you know i
1: I would just do more of it honestly like the uh the rush, you know, I uh, always excited. You know, I think anybody, and, and I know I can remember reading, I think I'm a hockey fan. So I, I think Bernie Perrant, he was a f- goalie for the Philadelphia Flyers, you know, back in the 70s. And he used to, I was reading a story about him and he he used to throw up before every game, every game, you know, like right through his whole career. And I think that's okay, right? And Bernie was a pretty good goalie, won a couple of Stanley Cups, you know, with the Flyers. And so, it doesn't matter what level we're at. We're always going to be nervous. And I think it's about recognizing what the, what that, that there's a difference between being having paralyzing fear and, and just having some fear and fear is just a matter of as an opportunity for us to get prepared. Yeah, And that's what it really is saying. Just, it's just preparing you. Okay. Have you done your homework? Are you ready to go? And even if it's not perfect and that's perfectionism, perfectionism is probably the, you know, an even better answer to the, your previous question is just to go forward and do it right and use the use the uh, the old uh, windows model of you know windows 1.0 1. 1. 1.5 one, like all software is like that right they just launch it just launch it yeah and uh and get the reps in and get the work done because that's how we get better uh but what if we sit back and 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 I wait for for the perfect right moment then uh, it's never going to happen
0: for sure for sure well, if there were one or two people you could meet right now, it could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help you take that next step towards your dreams and goals. Who would they be and how would they help you?
1: You know, you put uh, in your podcast notes there, you had Alex Ramosi, and I think uh, Alex would be the guy for me to to go meet. Now, I think Alex would probably kick me in the ass a bit on uh-huh. uh, with my mindset and where I'm at. He's pretty, he's a pretty intense, dude. But what I really appreciate about Alex is that uh, he has lots of uh, lots of wisdom. You can tell that he's truly a consummate salesperson, and uh, but he would shoot you straight, and uh, that would be the guy that, you know, whatever whatever it would take, I would uh, you know buy him dinner just to just to pick his brain a little bit and have him uh, have him poke at me a little bit about the work that I need to get done.
0: I got you. I got you. What do you think Alex Formosi would tell you to change about your life right now to get the results that you want?
1: Yeah. He'd, he'd tell me to, to get after it and, and get the reps and make more calls. I'm not doing enough. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm not putting myself out there enough just to get out there and, and do that work. Alex seems to be, you know, from everything that I've listened to on his podcast, the game is, he just seems to you just got to go ahead and do it. He always tells a story about the young, his not young neighbor there and bringing him into his organization and, and uh, just getting him to, you know, to do the reps. And cause that's how you get better. And that's how you learn. And to ask lots of questions, don't, don't go in here looking to get paid the highest, the uh, highest amount, just get in there and learn, learn, yep. learn, learn. And, uh, and I'm, that's I'm positive That's what he would say.
0: For sure. For sure. Get the reps in, get the reps in. <laughs> um, well, nice. Is there a is there a calling function to your sales process, or is it mostly the marketing, the DMs?
1: Yeah, it's mostly marketing and, and DMs for sure.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, um, that brings me back to a question I was going to ask with the confidence thing. How many more podcasts would you do? Like, what would your number be per week if you were at peak confidence?
1: At peak confidence, that I'm on.
0: Yeah, that you're like, you're the spotlight on these podcasts. How many are you going for per week?
1: You know, right, right now it'd be great to do one a week. So, oh, I right? got yeah, so I'm probably maybe one a month, maybe one and a half a month, and so uh, it needs to be one a week would be great. Then I plus I host my own one one a week, and so it'd be, I think that type of consistency would really change move the needle forward. Uh, it would help me get sharper. Like I really appreciate ask, you asking the question today about the avatar. It forces me to to think and consider exactly what it is my game plan is. And uh, and so I think, you know, get that thing to, to once a week and then see where it goes from there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Something that I was thinking about, you know, Alex hormozy actually talks about kind of six ways to reach out to people. You're either doing one to one, like cold calling, cold emailing, cold, you know, DMing, cold whatever, right? You're posting content. You're paying for ads. You have affiliates. You have referrals, or you have uh, there was one more. I don't remember the other one. But anyway, what I was thinking about is the fact that you could, since most of your people have relationship issues, you could partner with like divorce attorneys. Mm-hmm. So then it gives you like a cold outreach factor of your, you know, cause I don't know how many divorce attorneys there are in the United States, but, or Canada, cause you're in Canada. Yeah. You could reach out to, you know, if you got a thousand on your list and they sent you one customer a year, what would that do to your business? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, I can retire my day job.
0: <laughs> exactly. 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 <laughs> so, um, yeah, just Absolutely. a thought.
1: Absolutely. For sure.
0: Yeah. And you know, there are those, you can like do cold emails where it's like, it's pretty simple. You could probably spend 20, 30 minutes a day compiling a list and then shooting out a cold email to that list. And you know, cause their emails are going to be online. Yeah. They want people to contact them. So you never know, give them a, give them some commission or some sharing or whatever. I don't know. Exactly. I also don't know if that would be counter to what they want because I don't know if divorce attorneys actually want people to get divorced. It Seems like they don't have a job if people aren't getting divorced. So there's a bit <laughs> of that too. But yeah,
1: you know, I think the divorce rate's pretty similar uh, in mm-hmm. Canada as in the US. There's still, Play
0: still pretty people. high.
1: <laughs> there's still pretty high. I don't think they'll be. Uh, it's kind of like being. Uh, I hate to say it, but it's kind of like being in the mortuary business. There's always people getting divorced. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it's about a perspective too, right? It's about coming by and. You know, you know they may they may not solve it may not save the divorce, but I you know the work is about focusing on you know saving that men uh, you know that guy men I've, I've found in in some of the some of the research is that especially as we get older if we get divorced in our in our fifties it can be really traumatic and a lot of and a lot of times what will end up by happening I don't like I said I don't have all of the stats in front of me but you know homelessness is something that's pretty like is right on that doorstep for guys because so much of their lives and their identity have been taught has been put into this marriage and when that falls down then they don't have they don't have anywhere to go because as guys we don't have a great network we don't necessarily reach out and talk to our friends about yeah. stuff our friends don't have a hot clue what's going on and so when when everything falls apart uh, they can be in a really bad place and so um, there's there's just, places for, pro- for, for, uh, professional therapy. That's not what we do. We do something completely different. We're not, we're not trained therapists in that, in, in that aspect, but what we do bring is, is community because men will lack that aspect. They may have one or two friends, but like I said, we're not really willing to share all the intimate details of, of the stuff going on. Yep. And whereas women along their lives, right. They, they have that community. They always have that group of of friends that they can always lean on. And we haven't learned how to do that very well as men. And so, so I think there's, you know, really to, as I'm rambling on here, (laughs) I think there's opportunity for lawyers to still stay in business and to help a few, a few dudes get through their, get through their tough seasons.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Absolutely. Well, now we're going to jump into our thriving three. And so these are some, just quick hitter questions just to know a little bit more about you and how you thrive so what's your favorite book movie or podcast pick one
1: yeah i'll take a book and if you don't mind me i'm just going to reach you down here
0: yep. hopefully you'll be
1: able to see this so this book by augmandino university of success mm. it's 50 50 books the greatest uh self-help books written uh, ever and uh, and I'm a big highlighter and notes. And when I was in my deepest dark and the darkest days, this book literally saved my life, mm. literally saved my life. And uh, it's why it's beside me all the time. I go back to it. Like some of the, some of the books in here, uh, you know, are the go back to acres of diamonds. If you know that story, like they're not, it's interesting. These are just all real short stories, but just phenomenal. And so, I just think when you find something that helps you. So if I was to you know, say, if there's one thing, this would be it. Um, I listen to lots of podcasts and I've become an avid, pretty avid reader uh, yeah. since, since my thirties, really since my, my, my first marriage to my high school sweetheart ended. And I just started going on this journey of trying to discover, like, how can you be so successful in your professional life, but your personal life sucks. And, uh, and I came across that book and, And I just, it just really helps set uh, get me on the right path.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And what's one way you like to take care of yourself?
1: Yeah, for me, one way for sure is to, uh, is to, uh, uh, I do a lot, I do meditation and so I really enjoy meditating. It gives me opportunity to clear my mind. Uh, I'm actually in a spiritual class right now just to help strengthen and deepen my understanding of spirit overall, and to, to get a, a better connection. I think in life, ultimately, it's a, it's a do-it-yourself project. That doesn't mean we do it by ourselves; means we do it for ourselves. And doing it for ourselves means we have to recognize at some stage in our life, we have to recognize that there's something, there's a power greater than us that is uh, making everything move. And uh, when we can plug into that and begin get that connection like gets a little easier for us to uh, to manage and so that's uh that's the, the big piece for me right now
0: i agree i agree yeah meditation hits a bit a bit different and just like just being still quiet mm-hmm. and like or getting into kind of a flow or just getting more in touch present that's really what it is getting present yeah
1: 100 um, percent
0: well, what is one action step you can take right now, or continue to take if you're already doing it too, meet and get advice from Alex Hormozzi.
1: <laughs> What's well, one step I could do? You know what? I could uh, <clears throat> I could shoot a, a little video a message to Alex on uh, Instagram and just say, "Hey, brother, I'd need uh, love the work, and I uh, would really like to bend your ear for." 15 minutes and truly keep it to 15 minutes and not make it become an hour. Cause we all know that that happens and he's not a big fan of that either.
0: Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think you could also just build a $3 million company and he'll just buy equity in it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's the next
0: step. <laughs> yeah. Either build a $3 million company, he'll buy equity in it. Or what was he, what was he saying? Oh, Oh no, he talks he was on the podcast with Andy Frisella recently. Yeah. And he talks about, you know, getting in the room with wealthy people, of which he is one now, of like just making sure you can find a way to add value to their life and then you do it and then you yes. give it to them. So I don't know what he needs that he doesn't have, but if you could find that out, do it and then give it to him, it would be yes. you would definitely get that thirty minutes.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Exactly. What, what, what does Alex need right now? That's a really good, I don't know Think he needs anybody to wash his car and, he's, and he lives too far away from me, so.
0: Yeah. <laughs> maybe he just needs a hug. Maybe you find Yeah, him in- maybe. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Well, awesome. Now we're going to jump into our final section of the podcast. This is, uh, it gets a bit more personal. So if you, sure, it won't get more personal than we've already gotten, but you know, if you want to pass on any of them, just say, I want to pass. I'll be like, okay, cool. No worries. What is one limiting belief that continues to pop up in your life, if any?
1: Yeah, you know what? For sure, it's uh, not being good enough. Uh, the per- the work isn't good enough. The quality isn't high enough. The uh, Anything that has to do with not good enough. And uh, that's the, still the limiting belief. And, uh, you know, and even today, as we get started here, there's a couple of moments there. I'm stumbling on words and... And, uh, and it's okay. Right. Uh, in yeah. the early days of doing this, uh, you know, I, I probably would have, you know, crawled into a shell and not gone on a podcast for <laughs> six months. But the yeah. truth of the matter is, is that it's, it is a limiting belief and you, you can't get, we won't get better by, by thinking it through, we get better by doing it through. And so, uh, it's about stepping into, into that uncomfortableness and, uh, and, and taking in, getting those reps in.
0: Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And where does that not being good enough come from?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it really comes back to child. For me, it comes back to childhood. Um, uh, I I always struggled with, um, you know, I, my, I loved my parents to death. And, you know, they, did, uh, they were there to take care of us as kids. I'm the oldest of five. Uh, but they never really participated in anything that we did. And, uh, and I was a big, uh, sports fan as a, as a young guy. And when, uh, my senior year, when we, uh, you know, I came from a really small town and, and we, it never made it outside of our own little area. And when we made it to provincial finals in basketball and, uh, we had an opportunity to win it and then we lost it and play second. I always, I carried that with me for years thinking that, you know, I just wasn't good enough to be the best. Right. And the reality of the situation is, is that no team from that school ever before from a basketball perspective or a court sport perspective has ever done in what we did. And, uh, and so it took a while to recognize that the frame, the frame that we put around the stories can be changed. And when we don't, and when we don't change that frame, it can lead us down a path in life to make different and how we base all of our decisions and the, the types of decisions we make. And so and I was able to finally recognize that that was still a pretty good accomplishment, Yeah, <laughs> like it's okay, you know, and, and then, you know, that took me to my culinary career and, you know, and uh, there was actually, a, <clears throat> there's actually still today an, an Olympics for culinarians and, you know, and uh, you know, and I won a couple of silvers in the early nineties and, Again, they weren't gold, but let me tell you, it's not too many chefs that I know, even to have that, can say that they've won silver medals at a world culinary competition. And uh, and Bro, so- Bro, you must
0: be an excellent chef.
1: Yeah, there was a time in my day I wasn't too bad.
0: <laughs> Dang, that's epic.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but it's just a framework, right? It's the frame that we put around it, right? Oh, well, it's not a gold, so it's not good enough. Where'd you come up with that story, Al? Oh, I know where I came up with that story, uh-huh. and it doesn't serve me right. It doesn't serve the work that you're doing. And when we can really recognize that, man, you got to change the frame because yeah. it's just uh, it's limiting.
0: I gotcha. You. Do you have any limiting actions or inactions that reinforce this belief in your life?
1: Yeah, for sure. It's when I, I book a when I book a podcast interview and then I cancel it. Yep. <laughs> Cause I didn't get a chance to prepare. And, you know, even this morning as I was, uh, it's, uh, you know, as we're getting ready for today and I'm looking and, and, and I booked it in a relatively short period of time. And then I saw, Oh man, that Tim's got all these questions. Am I going to be ready for it? Uh, ah, yeah, let's just do it.
0: Yep. You know,
1: it's like, let's just do it. And, uh, and it'll come from the heart and everything works out. So for sure, it's just to suck it up and just push
0: through. Gotcha. If you were to change the belief that you're not good enough mm-hmm. into an abundant phrase that really spoke to your heart in the way that you needed to hear it, what would that phrase be?
1: Mm. You know, that uh, the phrase would be that <clears throat> all my needs are met emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally, and all my business affairs and in all and all my relationships. And uh, And as I come from that place of abundance then I know that all is well in my life. And uh and I say that because it's one of the prayers that I say uh, on a daily basis.
0: Mm. And is that the prayer you go back to when your limiting beliefs start to take over or what do you do to kind of take back control? Thoughts or actions you resort to?
1: Yeah I'll come back to that to that prayer and uh and that uh you know really it's about all all my needs are met and that uh the the Spirit will guide me with the with the right words to say and that I don't that nothing needs to be scripted. Just allow myself to be in present as we talked about earlier and be and and be willing and open to receiving whatever comes through through me and uh, gets put onto this into this podcast.
0: All righty. We got one last question for you. You ready? (laughs) What is your favorite belief about yourself?
1: Uh, You know what, is that uh, I'm pretty darn persistent. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I've built resilience. And so persistency and resilience is really the the one belief that even though it may not look great today, and it may not be what I may feel is not the best work, that uh, as long as I continue to persevere, and, and move through and learn and grow, then things get better. And so I always come back to I always come back to that. Sometimes it it takes me a little bit longer to get to that perspective and other times it comes right away.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, awesome. That's all we got for you, Alan. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh,
1: Ah, man. Thank you so much, Tim, for having me on the show. I really enjoyed speaking with you today.
0: Of course. Yeah, it was great to have you on. And is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off?
1: No, just if anyone wants to reach out and get a hold of the uh, information, we're at the That's where uh, all the hub is and uh, we can find all our information and if there's anything I can do to help you get through a, def- a difficult season in your life, then for sure do, uh, do reach
0: out. Sounds good. If you guys were listening to this podcast, you loved what Alan had to say. Make sure to reach out to him, hit him up. All the links to do so will be down in the show notes. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you on the next one. And on that note, we're out.